Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Beautiful spring afternoon in Los Angeles. Early spring. Mm-hmm. Baseball season. That means it's spring, right? Yeah. Vince Kelly's ground, ground rule double. <laughs> a real ground rule double kind of day. Did you see this dude... Did you see this fucking baseball fight the other day? I heard, I read about the baseball fight. I did not see vi- video of the baseball fight. Can you describe it? Yeah, this will be ancient news by the time this actually airs. But um, yeah, well, basically just this one guy on the Dodgers mm-hmm. threw a little close to this other guy, hit him on the like the upper arm. Mm-hmm. It was not go headed to his head or anything. Hit him on the upper arm. And this dude just sort of stepped out a couple steps and the pitcher for the Dodgers said something and threw his glove on the ground. Mm-hmm. And throwing your glove on the ground, I guess in baseball, that's like taking off your gloves in, in hockey. Mm-hmm. means like, let's do this. Yeah. But no baseball players look right in a fight. Sure. There's no baseball player in the world for whom it is sort of normal and appropriate activity to be engaged in fisticuffs. Right. I, I feel like you, you know, I... I, I've had some up close interactions with hockey players, right? And these guys look like like yes, they, they came from a gladiator man. pen. Yes, yeah. Like if you <laughs> like if you just put them in an octagon in little trunks, you would not be able to differentiate between them and Ultimate Fighters. Like, like these are guys who they fight. could they could go into the equipment room to grab a stick, mm-hmm. accidentally grab a trident, and they would not notice, right? That would, would not be... look weird. So we introduce our guest we on should, the program. Yes. He came here all the way from his rock and roll tour, um, which is taking him across the nation. Last stop, Santa Cruz, California, a city we know and love. Uh, he is the man behind Mount Erie and the microphones. Uh, Phil Overham, how are you, sir? I'm good. Hello. We're happy to have you on the program. Thank you. Did you see this baseball fight? No, and um, it's funny that, I mean, that's the beginning of the show, right? Yeah. I was I was like I wonder if baseball is going to come up. I wonder if Jesse's going to go <laughs> down one of his baseball rabbit holes, and it was just immediately. <laughs> so baseball. Okay, so this is what happens. So the one guy throws his glove down, right? Mm-hmm. And what's amazing is you're watching it on the Dodgers channel, and the Dodgers announcer Vin Scully is 85 years old or mm-hmm. 87 years old or something like that. The probably the greatest baseball announcer of all time. As much as I hate to say it as a Giants fan, it's it's true. And he says, like, he's headed out to the mound, you know, like in this sort of 1934 type way, which is, I think, around when he started <laughs> announcing Dodgers games. And so the one guy, they rush, yeah, they rush each I other. Always, I always remember, like, you know, driving with my dad growing up and him listening to the Dodgers games on the radio and thinking that Vin Scully was doing, like, an imitation of an old-time voice. Yeah. Like, it's like that old-time voice that, that is so fun to do. Uh, but he, that's just his actual presentation. It's like a character Conan O'Brien would do in a desperate bid for attention. Sure. And so the one guy rushes the mound, Zach Grinky, mm-hmm. the uh, Dodgers pitcher, Throws his glove down and like they they run into each other like rams on an episode of Wild America. Who's the other team? Ah, uh, geez, I don't I don't remember who the other dude even was. Hmm. There's a guy on the Padres. Okay, outfielder for the Padres whose name escapes me at the moment. Big dude, much bigger than Zach Grinky, and so they run into each other like chest to chest. Zach Grinky apparently uh, breaks his collarbone. 
during the middle of this. And then they have this thing that happens when that happens, which is just everyone runs out onto the field, including guys in the bullpen, which they're a football field's length away from the action. So they like they're like out of breath by the time they get and it's like five minutes later. And they and then everyone just sort of like it's sort of like uh what I imagine the scene would be like in the pit just after a rock concert that had a really intense pit. Like everybody's already done there pushing each other around and then people are like, Oh, should I just go? Is there going to be an encore? Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, uh, right. The bench clearing brawl does seem like something that, that can be potentially awkward. Yeah. Well, because no one is brawling. That's the essential. Never in the history, in the history of baseball, there have been like three fights where the bench is cleared and everyone was fighting. Like effectively fighting, like yeah, landing like, hits. Yeah, like landing hits. Not exactly. doing. I mean, you know, nobody's like karate kicking each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it sort of seems like if they ran a football field's length across the field and cleared the bench, that like they had to be very close to fighting, just sitting there on the bench, to be able to like harness that energy and boom, they're running across the field like they, that's what they wanted to be doing all along, not baseball. <laughs> they just want, they're ready to go. I, uh, I, I'm getting kind of the kind of comedy sketch version of this of a guy, you know, seeing the altercation on the mound, getting up, starting to run, getting winded and then motioning for the beer guy to throw him a beer <laughs> and then drinking the beer and then keeping running. What was beautiful about this particular fight is that you know, at some point, like the first guys out, it's like the base coaches and like these kind of guys. And they're just trying to pull the guys who are fighting apart, which is not too hard because most of these baseball fights, it's mostly like a, ooh, if somebody, if I wasn't being held back right now type situations, right? <laughs> and so they pull the main guys apart. And then everyone else tries to look angry, but not get hit. Until such a time as they won't be embarrassed by going back to the dugout. Right? Yeah. And so after this has happened for a relatively long time, in the case of this fight, five minutes, seven minutes, everyone is going back to their dugouts. And uh, Matt Kemp, the Dodgers superstar outfielder, Matt Kemp, he was really, he looked like he really wanted to hurt someone. And in fact, he tried to attack the guy on the Padres after the game. I've heard that's yeah, that's the thing I read about, I guess, is that there was some sort of some sort of brawl by the buses. I think Matt Kemp is just you know like a thirteen year old boy that's violent? You know like what a thirteen year old boy that's violent is like? Sure. You know how someone might live their life and because they're a superstar athlete, they never have to learn that it's not okay to do that? So you're suggesting that Matt Kemp spends his weekends burning ants with a magnifying glass. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> or or at least or at least going around like, you talking about my moms? You're not talking about my moms, are you? Yeah. Thirty year old man. <laughs> um but okay, so all of that happened. But as the as Moses was parting the Red Seas, as everyone was going back to their dugout, there is this amazing moment in the video. It's a long shot, and you see, you know, the the grays going one direction and the whites going the other. You know, the home team and the road team. They're headed back to their respective dugouts, and then this sort of little guy called Jerry Hairston Jr. He said that he heard someone on the Padres joking about Grinky getting hurt, mm -hmm. and uh, 
he just flies across across <laughs> the field from the dugout. Like everyone's going back the opposite direction. Everyone's almost completely back in the dugouts. And then you just for no reason at all see this one guy just jump out and fucking book it towards the Padres dugout, ready to kick some ass. And the whole thing starts over again. Hmm. But even the second time, it's no less pathetic. <laughs> it's just in 19, they have all those bats. I too. know. That's the thing. They start whipping bats at each other. Seriously. In 19, I want to say 1962, but it might have been like 1964. There was a famous brawl between the Giants and, uh, uh, the Giants and the Dodgers that involved someone hitting Juan Marichal in the head with a bat. Or Juan Marichal hitting someone in the head with a bat. I can't remember. I only remember that it involved Juan Marichal. And, um, Wait, uh, like that's Jordan, do you know about baseball stuff, or is this no? Jordan doesn't part, know part of your life forever. Just, uh, no, <laughs> I've been like friends for a long time. Yeah, no, I know, but like <laughs> you know about baseball. Well, he's a Hall of Famer, Juan Marichal. Sure. I've never heard of him. We might get some out yeah. of Juan Marichal, but it doesn't. <laughs> ma- I mean, it's just the name of the guy. It's, yeah, yeah, sure. This isn't specifically to Juan Marichal type information. Mm-hmm. No, I know, but um, it's in a series of baseball deeper ba- baseball references. That- <laughs> Or, I'm, I have some. Let's talk about Tris Speaker. Let's talk about baseball. <laughs> Let's talk about Whitey Ford. Okay. Let's talk about Van Lingle Munga. There was a period when I was like second grade to fourth grade where baseball card collecting was, you know. Was that the, the early 1960s? Of, yeah, it was in the early 60s. Was, when I, well, then I don't understand why you don't know who Juan Marichal but is. But all those names are just like somewhere in my brain, like not. You know, Don Mattingly or whatever. The right. names are just like lodged there forever. And I Don didn't... Mattingly was involved in this altercation. Well, not the one in the early '60s, the one between the Dodgers and the Padres. He's the manager of the Dodgers now. Oh, ah, okay. Well, yeah, he doesn't have that sweet mustache anymore. It's a circle though. of life. <laughs> yeah, it is amazing how those those you know, there's the kid stuff that you keep up with. There's the kid stuff that you take into adulthood, mm-hmm. and then there's the stuff that you left. But it is just like hanging out there, you know. Yeah. So if it, I talk about Don Mattingly, it's like uh-huh. if you talk to me about Slammers. What's Slammers? No, probably That's not. That's a part of Pogs. Oh right, yeah. No, I think I was too old for that. I'm thirty. I'm gonna be thirty-five pretty soon. So. Yeah, I, I was I was definitely on the top a top age range of Pogs. Uh-huh. I think I was probably thirteen or twelve or thirteen like when Pogs old came out. For Pogs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> at a certain point, I mean, I'm not too old for Pog pineapple orange guava juice. Yeah, no, that's timeless. But they're all ages. Yeah. Their attendant, uh, their attendant milk bottle cap game. Uh-huh. The the thing. Sport. Of, yeah. Yeah. The thing about Pogs that stressed me out as a kid was. That <laughs> Uh, like I am, I, you know, I am maybe the most, the most, you know, afraid of confrontation person that I know. And I liked the collecting of pogs mm. and I liked the talking about them. But, but there the, are weapons. I, well, I mean, the gambling portion of it made me uncomfortable. I'm like, guys, can't we just enjoy pogs? Like, why does this have to be high stakes? <laughs> Your Let's mom dated. Lower the stakes. <laughs> Your mom dated a long series of hollow foil pogs. And several of them were alcoholics. <laughs> right, yeah. That's what stress you out. I can my, yeah, my mom had a my mom had a whirlwind romance with a body glove slammer. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever enjoyed a competitive activity, Jordan? What's a what's an example? Well you like to play fighting video games. Yeah, yeah. Well I mean I I played I, I, I we we 
overestimate my, or we maybe oversell my ignorance to sports on this. I like I played t-ball and soccer as a kid and stuff. So you know, like lots it. of big t-ball players and yeah, yeah. Maybe. Like I really know t-ball. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, Ryan Christian, uh-huh. uh, Eddie Moray. The These were all kids uh, play. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't disenjoy i think it's when there's like high stakes that it makes me nervous when someone can actually lose money or things uh-huh. mm, like really sweet pogs yeah like sweet pogs like i mean some of those Character pogs, pogs were some of those pogs were costing costing in the five dollar range and if you lost it right yeah well what about um competitiveness like you know if you find yourself in a ping pong game or like yeah. pig you know shooting yeah. a basketball some people just get like way too into it right away uh-huh and then some people are like, I don't care about this at all. I'm just going to throw <laughs> the ball. Or like, uh, do you have that aversion to competition so much that... Yeah, I don't want anyone to get emotional about it. Right. I just yeah. want everyone to just have fun. Yeah, and then one dude like takes his shirt off and it's just like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right no, away. if a dude takes his shirt off, I'm, I'm out of there. Yeah. I'm going to go have do a solo activity. You know, we've got the Max Fun... The Max Fun Rocket softball season mm-hmm. about to start. Right. This is going to be our first ever MaximumFun.org softball team. And the first time I've participated in a competitive sport since I was 16 years old. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm terrified. I Oh, you know, it's funny. I have a group of friends who I've been going to the batting cages with. That's what? like a uh, weekend activity that we do. You've been going to the batting cages? I've been totally going to the batting cages. It's really fun. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the funniest thing in oh, the world. Oh, batting cage is great. <laughs> I am disappointed that the uh, fun center that the batting cage is attached to doesn't have very good video games. Because I right, maybe yeah, well. like I'm, a baseball, like a nice batting baseball. Game. Yeah, right. I want to go in and play <laughs> the virtual version of batting yeah. cage. I want to play Namco's <laughs> batting cage party. Batman. Namco's <laughs> cage party is a different game, Jordan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's more sensual, more tactile. <laughs> Batting cages, if you know what I mean. Right, right. Jordan, if you when you go to the batting cage, mm-hmm. what are we talking about? Slow pitch softball, fast pitch softball, or baseball? Uh, oh, uh, I started out slow pitch softball. I'm very comfortable in that zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went a little bit faster when the I tried a baseball speed and was very afraid. It's and it scary hurt my hand as shit, right? Yeah. I re- I, I have del- I think I have delicate hands. Well, you do. I mean, let me yeah. see, let me see your hands. I mean, you have nice. I mean, they're very. They're soft. They're a little eczema ravaged, which I thought would help, honestly. I honestly thought maybe the eczema would help me grip the bat or, you know. Like scales. Yeah. <laughs> That's why some of the most successful hitters are lizard men. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. That's why on the Sinister Six softball team, I the never, lizard always. I have to say, best. like, I, I, um, when I played Little League, mm-hmm. which I played until we ran out of Little Leagues for me to be in. Yeah. Um, I played third base, which is uh, the closest position to home to the batter. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I mean, I batted. I, and I played every year from when I was six or seven until I was 16. So, mm-hmm. you know, 10-ish years. I never stopped being afraid of the ball. Yeah. The ball is terrifying. It can hit you in the face. <laughs> I played Little League for one year and I got... I was benched the whole time. I had this horrible coach, which I don't think it's legal to, you know, I think you have to, like, include all the kids. But I was pretty bad. And so I only went up to bat once, and then I got hit in the head immediately. Oh, oh no. Geez. Oh, no. Walked, walked, and then I, I got Take thrown out. At, so, yeah, and then that was the end. <laughs> all the teams that I played with over the years were bad. 
um, you know, some of them worse than others. Mm-hmm. But one year we made the city playoffs. You know, we played in a in a city parks league. One year we made the city playoffs, and this kid that I was just talking about on Jordan Jesse Go not that long ago, this this kid Philip, mm-hmm. who was a Seventh Day Adventist or a, a Jehovah's Witness or something, sure. he was our he was our best pitcher, and he had pitched already, and he was in left field, I think, mm-hmm. um, and I was playing second, and he threw a just an absolute bean to us t- to me at second base, one hopped, it hit a pebble, and like took a crazy bounce. Smashed me in the face and gave me a concussion. <laughs> and like that was the end of the only playoff game I ever got to play in. <laughs> it was so pathetic. Did you did you have to like leave the field? Did you have to go to the hospital? Yeah, I had to leave the field wow. and go to the hospital. Did they like, they were winning? like showing me fingers oh, and like deal. no, we ended up losing probably because I wasn't there. Hmm. I was the <laughs> central figure. I mean, without me, there's sure. no esprit de corps. Uh-huh. So, so you were the mascot. Yeah, exactly. And and now that I think back on it, I should have taken off the mascot suit when I got put into the game. Sure. It seems like a bad idea at second base. Were you playing baseball or were you just racing other mascots? Oh, you know what? They just rubbed your home. It's funny you bring that up because I always thought of myself as the mascot. But now that I think of it, my team's my team's name was not. The Polish sausages, and I was wearing a Polish sausage outfit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think I was just engaged in a sausage race around the outfield of Miller Field in Milwaukee. I, that, that sounds like that makes more sense. And when, and I, my vague memory of Philip throwing that, throwing that throw from left field, I think it might have just been a battery from an enraged and drunken Midwesterner. <laughs> Could be. It was battery day. It was it was expired D battery day at the park. Uh speaking of severe teens, uh the batting cage uh is full of them and it always feels to me like shit's about to go down. Oh, like yeah. I always feel like it's like it's sixteen what? year olds mad dogging each other. What kind of place is this batting? Uh, it's batting like a cage it's in? like a fun center. It's like a, it's got a mini golf out back and a and a little arcade. Are we talking it's about like, dance, uh, dance Are we talking about like an industrial suburban setting? Uh, yeah, it's kind of Burbankish. Uh huh. So yeah. Uh huh. Paintball. There's no paintball. Laser tag. Uh, I don't think there's a laser tag. There's some weird thing in the arcade which is like um, it's like a some sort of. Uh, I don't want to say a dome, but it's I, that's all I can describe it as. It's a weird dome inside the arcade. Thunderdome. Yeah, it's a thunderdome. Yeah. And we're, you know, kids fight for water and yeah. gas. Yeah. Tina Turner Tina is there. Turner. Yeah. there. It's a hunger game. Yeah. <laughs> Tina's Thunderdome and Fun Center. <laughs> that's what she did when she retired from touring. Yeah. Open up she Fun Centers. But in this thing, you have to make it from one end of the dome to the other and avoid... Um, like laser lasers, like um, like that scene at the first Resident Evil movie where they have to go over all the lasers. Or the trailer of that movie with uh, Catherine Zeta Jones. You know what I'm talking about, where she has to go through the lasers, <laughs> or like cat like burglar style. That, in so many movies, like Tom Cruise. And- but I mean, the important one is the one with Catherine sure. Zeta Jones, and she's going through. I right think- now, across this country. <laughs> Of our tens of thousands of listeners, one in four is going, oh, my God, yes, that trailer <laughs> with Catherine Zeta-Jones. I think yeah. that the 90s really were 
a you know the laser security scene was <laughs> was as in vogue as it's ever going to be. People figured out how to crack it, how to do like the extreme yoga, yeah. and the timing and, and I mean, sure. the dancing one, isn't that like oceans? Beside that, I, I think just the fact that criminals started carrying talcum powder uh-huh. that they could go <laughs> totally, and then right. you could see the lasers. I mean, well, because if you're repelling, you need the talcum powder to right. You need that for your. You don't want to chafe. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to chafe while you're repelling. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to end up with lizard hands. That's so yeah, exactly. A few times it just we'll help you. <laughs> we'll help you in the batting cage. We'll not help you when uh, stealing a gem. Do you get really sore from the batting cage, Jordan? A little bit, yeah. God, I want to go to the batting cage. Yeah, it's really fun. I got a text from home from my my small town I live in, and my friend says the Hallmark store went out of business, and it appears to have reopened as an indoor archery range. So I'm so excited <laughs> to go home. Take that, Kathy. Yeah, just, <laughs> it's pretty small. Just like this small strip mall location is now an it's, archery. It's indoor. called shoebox ass kickings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, your targets are all the shit like, that they used to sell at the Hallmark store. Right, yeah. Where, where do you live, Phil? It's called Anacortes, Washington. Washington uh, State. Where in Washington State are we talking about? Is it a, is this a rural spot, a suburban spot? Neither of those. It's a small town. It's uh, in the San Juan Islands. It's very beautiful. It's, yeah, right tucked in there, almost in Canada. Very vacation-y and retirement-y. It seems like, I mean, you say retirement-y, it seems like... Uh, it seems like a place where all of your neighbors would be other guys in indie rock bands. <laughs> how, how come? That's not sustainable. It's <laughs> not a functional community. Uh, yeah. Well, like, t- to be fair, they take turns working at the post office. Sure. Oh, man, that sounds, you're describing a cool utopia. A.C. A- a- Newman bags your groceries. Uh-huh. It's possible, but I don't know. You don't know of any others? Oh, no, I've, we, there's, there's friends around that play okay. music and stuff. Yeah, for sure, but... Not everyone in town. It's it's yeah. a real place with with assholes and everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't like the. I mean, if 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 there are assholes, I don't like the idea of them training at this archery range. <laughs> yeah, they gotta hone their skills. Yeah, you don't yeah. want assholes. You know, with bow skills. Yeah, it's that could true. turn that could turn ugly. How much of the time do you spend on the road touring? Um, I probably like two months out of the year. Not all at once. It's not very much at all. It seems that way, but it, it starts – yeah, that's not a sustainable way to live. I, maybe hmm. it's as I get older, it starts to feel like, okay, I don't – my home is falling apart. Or like I'm – you know, I forget how to do basic grocery shopping and cooking things. <laughs> like be a human living in a place. So I'm trying to scale it back, but I still really like it. When you tour, do you tour in a, a car, a van, a Bus different on every, a train. I don't have a regular band. It's always a different uh, collection of people. So, I, so yeah, I'm always trying to play the songs differently. So, I have different people. This tour is with a van. We parked a van downstairs here. We, we, we met two of your bandmates who yeah, came in exactly. with you. Very nice. Yeah. It's but yeah, I don't have a usual way. Sometimes I tour alone in, in a pickup hmm. with a mattress in the back. Really? Yeah. It's yeah a camper while. shell. Yeah, yeah, camper shell, of course. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. just, just open, raw, park it downtown. <laughs> um, we were talking about where you guys are playing when you're in town, and yeah. uh, and you are playing at a place called The Smell here in L.A., mm-hmm. which is a little bit rowdy. Are you, yeah. are you concerned about rowdiness? No. In fact, last night we played in Santa Cruz at the Crate Place, mm-hmm. and it's it seemed like before the show, it was like, okay, it's going to be a tough one. I'm going to, like... 
get ready to fight people. They were, they, <laughs> were, they, were, they were out of sweet crepes. They only had savory crepes. <laughs> no, it's just like, they, you know, it's a bar. And, and the bar is 10 feet from where the sta- stage area is, which is not a stage. It's just like a part of the floor. And <laughs> it's the egg crate you stand yeah, on. Yeah. I wish. Egg crate would be nice. Yeah. They, just, they just winch you up <laughs> a couple feet. But it was fine. So, yeah, I, I'm not concerned about rowdiness. There's over the years I've developed tricks to like trick people into paying attention oh uh, like i mean not to not to ask you to you know reveal your secrets but i'm kind of curious as to that he when just, you have Jordan, yeah he takes his dick out tricks of the oh. <laughs> you've never been to up i nudity. thought you'd been to his show well yeah. i i was saying to, also before we started i saw phil uh in college when he was still the microphones uh and now this you know you're, you're calling your project these days mount erie so mm-hmm. I don't remember the microphones having any dick whip outs. Yeah, it was there. It's subtle. Oh, okay. But yeah. <laughs> I, it's like all the secret messages so, in yeah. The Shining. It's yeah. like you don't consciously regir- register it, but it's yeah. there. Yeah. So I just want to tell you, I have a subtle dick, too. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known. Shouldn't have set that one up. Uh, <laughs> like, like a lime Perrier. <laughs> just subtle. Just, just a refreshing. <laughs> Yeah, just a hint. Little Vaguely kick. European. Just a little hint kick. of dick. <laughs> <laughs> a pin. Just a pin. <laughs> okay, so Phil, what are the secrets to getting people to pay attention oh, to Oh, well, it's different. You know, it's very much about, like, feeling the vibe in the room. But I, I've noticed that I just talk <clears throat> for a really long time because people, I think, get rowdy and are talking with their friends because they don't realize that. Um, they're in a room, you know, that the right. people making all this noise mm-hmm. on the, the band on stage is actually humans there that can hear them. <laughs> so if I just stop. I just think it's one that, of those Internet enabled jukeboxes. Seriously, yeah. Uh, our brains are changing. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I just talk. Talking really helps. <clears throat> I just start doing a monologue, freestyling, just prattling on about whatever. <laughs> and people gradually will be like, wait, no music is happening and this guy is just talking at me about dumb bullshit. What's <laughs> happening? And eventually... Or sometimes, yeah, just silence. Mm-hmm. Although that can backfire. That's a gamble. But yeah, just stopping doing anything. People start to hear their own voice. And yeah, well, anyways, I said to the guy... <laughs> and then they get embarrassed. You're not watching Breaking <laughs> yeah. Bad? Yeah. God, I am so sorry. Yeah. I Dude, sound like a whole Tim, dick. Text Tim. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think personally, I think you wouldn't have such rowdy audiences as if Tim would just fucking show up on time. Yeah, seriously, you got to text him. Yeah, you got to say. You know what? Like you, half an hour late. Yeah. You know what you do with Tim is like you just tell him that the thing starts a half an hour before it really you does. Kind of trick him, and then he'll yeah. show up on time. It's like you got to treat him like a, a child. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're all just running on Tim time. We all know Tim. We all got a Tim. Do you have a do? What is your okay? So, what's <laughs> your life like when you're not on tour? I put out my own records, so I end up having to do a lot of work around that, like, you know, email, basically. Mailing? Mailing, yeah, seriously. I go to the post office every day. Are the people at the post office your friends? Oh, man, my only friends. When I go to the post office in my neighborhood, they, this is, this is where I'm at. Mm -hmm. The people at the post office in my neighborhood ask me how Mark Marin's doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's the kind of fame I've achieved in my neighborhood. 
I've tried to be kind of like I don't I don't really want people in my town to know what I do because it's just a it's like being at a family reunion and trying to explain this weird oh, thing to an uncle. God, I yeah. I couldn't sympathize with you more. So yeah. I, when I go to the post office, I think most of the people when I'm shipping, you know, LPs, right? They assume that I'm selling vintage vinyl on eBay or something, <laughs> or like I, maybe they don't even know about eBay because it's mostly older people. And I've been going there for I don't know eight years now or something, and. Some of them know that I like, go on tour. They'll notice that I go away for a while or come back. And, mm-hmm. Or I have these big kind of bursts of when a record comes out. But you don't admit that you went on tour. You just tell them that you were in a coma. Kind of. <laughs> Sometimes I let a little thing slip. We were playing. Oh, yeah. No, we went to Japan or whatever. We we got to play a show. It was great. But I, I don't know. I'm so <clears> hesitant <throat> to give too much information. Just not because of privacy issues or anything, but just to avoid awkward conversations. Yeah. For sure. I, I I don't like having to explain what a podcast is to people. I'm sure. It's very yeah. stressful. Yeah, I bet. But, um, yeah, I'm so – the the entire reason that I signed up with NPR uh, for Bullseye mm-hmm. is just so that I could just be like, oh, I do a show for NPR. Yeah, right. <laughs> Done. <Yeah>. The end. <laughs> end of conversation. When it was PR, I was like, oh, it's this thing that's like NPR yeah, and yeah. blah, 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 and yeah. I'm a podcaster and – I do a show about my It's almost dick. easier to just lie. <laughs> yeah. Just to be like, uh, you know, I, I change oil. Yeah. Is that why you always carry that sledgehammer around? <laughs> <your own dad? laughs> I'm a sledgehammer. <laughs> I'm a Donkey Kong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or you're fighting Donkey Kong specifically. Right, yeah. Was that the, the ape's name? I don't the know. ape's name is Donkey Kong. Oh, okay. The, but the but the protecting you but all the from plumber yeah the plumber has the hammer and he goes after Donkey Kong yeah well the, he's not trying to hit Donkey Kong with the he's trying the Donkey Kong's throwing the barrels the hammer smashes mm-hmm. the barrels mm-hmm. uh, he's trying to rescue the princess yeah so technically well they've if done you're some carrying revision. a sledgehammer people are going to assume that you're a princess rescuer and that I hate barrels uh-huh. <laughs> they've done had to do some revision on the uh-huh. Donkey Kong storyline yeah. because you know Mario started out in Donkey Kong as Jump Man. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, he was just jump man and then became a popular character. Later on, that became Michael Jordan. <laughs> right. Wait, is that the same? That Jordan logo thing? Isn't that also called jump man? That's called jump man, yeah. Yeah. How confusing. It's very well, you know, I think by that time Mario was Mario and uh-huh. has not been calling himself jump man. I'll never switch to Mario. I'm calling him jump man. For... <laughs> do, do you think jump well, man was Pierce. like his Ellis Island name? <laughs> right. He's like, it's too ethnic. We'll change it to Mario, the less ethnic. Jumpman Mario. Yeah. <laughs> Jumpman. <laughs> uh, but, so they have, you know, and then, you know, Mario got involved. You know, his, his thing is saving the princess in Mushroom Kingdom. And they right. have since remade Donkey Kong games or done other Donkey Kong games. But they just have to say that the girl he is saving is his friend. Oh. It can't be the princess. And he can't be romantically interested in her. It's just his friend. Hmm. Just some like, Why can't he be romantically? Because Luigi got involved. Well, no, because he. We don't want to think about Do Mario think as being as, as cheating on Princess Peach. Oh man, because that's kind of the timeless Wait, love. Wait, there's multiple princesses. There's no, no. This like other girl who Donkey Kong kidnaps is not a princess. She's just his friend. Do you? She's think just it, a woman. Why don't they just say it's before she became princess? Well, that would fuck up the timeline. It's a prequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess they could say can that. Can you explain how John Leguizamo was involved in <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I can. Not at all. <laughs> Dennis Hopper, on the other hand. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. 
It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Boy Detective, sponsors on this week's program. First of all, our friends at ExtremeRestraints.com. They gave us a bunch of cool stuff for the Max Fun Drive. We are very appreciative. Whether you're looking for a little something sweet to spice up your sex life or you're looking for something to annihilate your butthole. <laughs> They've got it. Use the code BOYDETECTIVE to get 20% off, which I think some of our lady and homosexual gentlemen listeners will enjoy using. Yes, hopefully hopefully you're already uh, used to incorporating the phrase boy detective into your jacking off. <laughs> Uh, it's all online at extremerestraints.com. From from basically from stuff that anybody would want to stuff that real enthusiasts would want. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a very cool site, uh, user friendly. Extremerestraints.com. Go there. Yeah, and use that code Boy Detective. Also uh, on the program, Marin is a sponsor of this week's program. Marin is our friend Mark Marin's new television program on IFC. Debuting uh, May 3rd at 10 p.m. That's Friday, May 3rd, my birthday. That's a fun way to remember it. Yeah, it's it's a really cool show. It, it's sort of uh, it's sort of a fictionalized version of his life. So it's it's like he goes and does the he does the podcast. He's got the cats. He's got the girlfriend. Uh, his dad is Ed Asner, the usual. <laughs> Other great guest stars on the show include Judd Hirsch, Gina Gershon, Aubrey Plaza, and Adam Scott. Nothing on the Jumbotron this week, but if you want to get up on the Jumbotron, go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. We'll make your announcement 100 bucks for a personal announcement, 200 for a commercial announcement. We'll do almost anything. Not quite anything, but almost anything. Most if, things. If you want to sponsor any of our programs, email Teresa at MaximumFun.org. T-R-T-H-E-R-E-S-A. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Phil Elvram, uh, blizzard of negativity. <laughs> it's not. It's a misnomer. It's I like misnomer. it though. I like. I you know. I like the vibe. I used to uh, play dominoes a lot on tour. It was our tour game, and we all had domino names, and that was my, oh. my winning nickname. What are some other domino names? Who else was in your crew? Oh, man, chili weeds. We had. <laughs> We had bliss. <laughs> we had, my dad had this obscure World War One era nickname that he saw on a grave once. <laughs> you guys, Terman. you guys sound like a pretty tough domino crew. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, the names, you know, they're meant to be intimidating. Did you like if you would see a Chinese checker crew on the street, would you fuck them up? <laughs> no. I would love to play with people who actually know how to play dominoes. You should play with my wife. My yeah. wife, when we were in college, did a semester in Cuba. And in Cuba, there are three primary activities. One is whoremongering. <laughs> a lot of prostitution in Cuba. Sure. Um, number two, And your wife got tired of that really quick. Yeah. <laughs> number two is, like, well, I mean, it's also just, uh, it, it's also a... a Tough situation for a white lady to be in in terms of going out. I imagine. And uh, getting hit on. She actually had to, uh, let's say, 
take a guy out mm-hmm. while she was in Cuba. Sure. Which is to say, uh, knee him in the balls and uh, jam his nose into his head. Um, which nice. didn't kill him, but could have. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> on to a more positive <laughs> sure. element of her experience in Cuba. So there's not that much to <clears throat> do in Cuba, especially if you're not if you don't have any money. Um, and so the things that she did when she was spent her semester in Cuba were drink rum, mm-hmm. which is very inexpensive there, and play dominoes. And she came back like basically an 85-year-old Cuban man in a Huayabera. Like, <laughs> oh, and smoke cigars. Like, yeah. the cigars are very inexpensive there and very high quality. So you can just – all she and her friends that went on this trip with her did every night – oh, and eat ice cream. They have this kind of ice cream that you can get. It costs like a penny. Huh. What, how, what's, how is it different than – the ice cream? It did it cost the socialist. A penny. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's government subsidized. Sure. This ice cream. So for a penny you can get a you can get a scoop of ice I mean it's terrible ice cream from what from okay. what my wife explained yeah. to me, but it doesn't matter because all of everything there besides basically fruit mm-hmm. is terrible. Um because it's a communist very poor communist <laughs> country, but the ice but it's ice cream. Sure. I mean, even terrible ice cream is still ice cream. Mm-hmm. And so they would just get ice cream, drink, and smoke cigars. And they have all Cuban – you know, it's a socialist country. So they have all their own government-owned soda brands. So you would buy like Cuban government brand cola hmm. to drink with your rum. And just everyone would smoke cigars, get wasted, and play dominoes. And my wife came back like – like a card shark, only with dominoes. A domino shark, I guess. Hmm. I couldn't ever figure out how to involve money, like gambling, in it. Isn't that like the central... Uh, probably, yeah, but I just, we just never, like... We were just playing it. Were you just looking for something to do? For glory. Yeah, I mean, that's what tour is like. It's boring. You know what I You know what I recommend? Bridge. Yeah? Pinnacle. Well, it's we've been playing chess now. And then also some dice games. But, yeah, same. I, I Just shooting crabs. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of just a bunch of indie rock dudes and ladies in the in the alley behind a club. Yeah. Just fucking shooting dice. <laughs> well, actually, we did develop a game. I should I should uh, release it here on your podcast. Oh, yeah. great. And it's in development. So we haven't worked out all of the rules, but it's called Wad Lord. And it's... <laughs> It's based on a wad of cash. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. that, that happens on tour. You know, you're selling merch or whatever. Yeah. And so <clears throat> different people contribute to the communal wad. And one of them, you need at least three, I guess, and at least three people. And one of them is designated as the wad lord. And they wear a, a long white beard and a visor. <clears throat> and they... Um, this sounds like it might be a good Kickstarter project for Yeah, us. I think so. Put actually. together a little kit. Maybe I shouldn't be launching it now, but whatever. Um so, this is a good yeah. place to build buzz. So, You're building buzz. Building buzz, right? Yeah. Uh, the the wad lord is the only one that knows how much money is in the wad, and it's uh, everyone else who has contributed. They know how many bills they have contributed and ha- what denominations, but they don't know um, what everybody else. What? Uh, yeah. But okay. it's, it's the most basic game. Actually, I don't need to explain it very long. You, you're trying to guess how much money is in the wad, but the thing is, you get the money if you get closest uh-huh. to it, and it could be like. Five hundred dollars. Does is is part of the Wad Lord's duty to taunt you? No, the Wad Lord is basically just this omnipresent, all-knowing, all-seeing. Okay, um, like a godhead. Godhead, yeah. 
And you would you might meet the wad ha- you you might meet the wad lord if you did some salvia. <laughs> yeah, you might. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, if you contribute like a hundred dollar bill, then you know that kind of you're the one that knows that there's it's in there's, that neighborhood. There's more than a there's more than a hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. So, Whereas other you, other people might guess that it's yeah less than guess it'll be like eighteen dollars. Okay. Sure, and you're like a hundred and seventy five dollars. Yeah. But then if you lose it, then, you know, it's a bigger risk. I mean, you can afford that kind of thing. You're the front man. (laughs) Yeah, sure. You're from this operation. Everybody else is, everybody else, they're just, they're just side men. They're, they're on the, they're basically on the dole. There's a lot of flaws to this game. (laughs) Like strategically. I see none. (laughs) But I love how raw it is. Just like exchanging cash. Being like a pile of money. Who, Knows this. And I like. Will I also like that it has costumes involved yeah. with it too. Well, because that's we couldn't figure out how to market it. We thought like, yeah, no, you don't need anything to play this game. You just need to know how it's played. And you would sell just a giant money. box, yeah, exactly. maybe like a treasure chest that has a you know a, <laughs> a real beard. key that opens. Yeah, you have a beard and then a card that and says, like, "Guess how much money there is." <laughs> yeah, that's the rules. <laughs> Guess how much? Put on beard and uh, a money clip, maybe. Like okay, a nice embossed. I'd like to see a range of products. Wadkit Basic, <laughs> Wadkit Advance. Oh, expansion Wadkit packs. Deluxe. There are yeah variations on the game. There's Wild Wad, and that's where different people. There's No Limit Wad and Wild can, Wad's can, just the same thing, but in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you want to like maybe follow the risk model, you guys can release a future version Wad 2050. Uh huh. <laughs> and then you know the Wad Lord is also a cyborg. What about and also the money is like plastic or what about yeah, Ultimate Wad where the Wad Lord is black. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, but Ultimate Spider-Man is black, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I think that uh, you can, Nick, Nick, F- Nick Fury is black in the Ultimate Universe. I thought Nick Fury was always black. No, no he Nick wasn't because was he had that black, black and white hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, he had that sort of Bride of Frankenstein hair, right? Yeah, in the Ultimate Universe he is. The Ultimate Spider-Man, I think, has been black before. There's multiple Ultimate Spider-Mans? Yeah, because they got the black Spider-Man when Peter Parker died. I don't know Peter too much. Parker ab- is. Dead? I don't know too much about. We're 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 exiting my Spider-Man knowledge, so I don't want to get people mad at me. But yes, remember when in Spider-Man, a certain universe. Remember when Spider-Man had a black Spider-Man suit? Yeah, I do. You know why? It was from space. <laughs> yep. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it <laughs> from space, just to blend in. Hey, Spidey fans! <laughs> remember when your neighbor, friendly neighborhood web slinger, had a space suit? <laughs> Bet you don't. <laughs> <laughs> then remember when that guy bought the Mark McGuire home run? <laughs> what's, what's that from? <laughs> That's what the guy from Spider-Man, the Spider-Man guy who made the toys and invented Spawn. Oh, Tommy McFarlane. Sunk, sunk all his money into home run balls. <laughs> wow. He spent like $3 million on home Whoa. run balls. That's a solid investment, huh? Those all increase <laughs> in value as Mark McGuire becomes more beloved by the day. <laughs> We'll be I back. bet if you oh just a just quick thought I mean I yeah. bet if you spend all this money on like someone's home run ball and then they turn out to be a giant asshole like I <laughs> bet you're super bummed you gotta do your research yeah I wish you could I I would like to I think that all all of these types of purchases should have to come directly from the guy who's associated with the thing hmm. so like if you want a Barry Bonds home run ball you gotta go over to Barry's house and talk him out of it <laughs> like. Or go underneath his laser security system. <laughs> Bring your talcum powder. 
<laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Hey everybody, my name is Dave Shamka. And I'm Graham Clark. And we are the hosts of a show called Stop Podcasting Yourself right here on the MaximumFun.org network. We're the first ever Canadian podcast to win a Canadian Comedy Award for Best Podcast. I think we went with that too early. I think we seem braggy. <laughs> it's a weekly comedy show, a very easygoing chat between Dave, myself, a uh, guest, and we'll talk about things that we've overheard during the week and also Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Stop podcasting yourself. Head over to MaximumFun.org to download an episode today. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Oh, Phil Elfram, wizard of... Of chaos. <laughs> I was wondering why it was getting so crazy in here. Yeah, because the Wizard of Chaos is here. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I got banned from the thrift store. Oh, my God. What'd you do? I went to the thrift store, mm-hmm. first of all. First and foremost, I went to the thrift store. Right. It'd be, I, it'd be a real shame if you had never been there but were banned. I <laughs> Just based on reputation. I uh, I bought a, just a a big pile of baby clothes. Buy mm-hmm. most of the baby's clothes at the thrift store, mm-hmm. um, and we I happen to have a thrift store near our house that has a lot of kids' clothes. Yeah, makes and, sense. And so I go buy the kids buy. I I probably bought ten pieces, mm-hmm. twelve pieces, and I also bought a telephone and two softball bats mm-hmm. because we wanted. I saw ran into a nice telephone. Thought it'd be great for the office here. Sure. You can pick that up. Practical. You know what I mean? They charged me five ninety nine for it. I wasn't happy about that. But yeah. It's a little I much. I thought three ninety nine, but <laughs> yeah. whatever. And then there was a couple softball bats there. I said to myself, Well shit. I got a softball team. I'm gonna need a couple bats, so I bought those. And I had one bag, one big you know those kind of giant bags they they'll give them to you at like Target or something, where there's no handles, it's a plastic bag and it's like three feet deep. Mm-hmm. You know, and the whole side is printed. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Like a huge shopping bag. Right. But it doesn't have a handle, so you kind of have to hold it like a bank robber. Right, yeah. Well, one so, of those, or I was like going to say, Claus no matter what you do, toys. you look homeless. Yes. You look like a homeless guy fleeing or... Well, especially if it's full of secondhand children's clothing. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and one is full of baseball bats. So I had one bag full of... In my left hand, I had one bag completely full of baby clothes. In my right hand, I had the most awkward... A bag ever, mm-hmm. which at the bottom of it had a telephone, like, uh, like a you know, like the kind of telephone that came from the phone company in 1970, <laughs> you know, like a big heavy handset yeah. and a rotary dial and the whole nine yards, and two softball bats sticking out the top, and so it was the most awkward bag ever. And I check out, you know, there's like maybe two or three checkout people there, two couple security guards. I'm walking out the door, and the security guard says, can I see your receipt? And they said, oh, it's at the bottom of the bag. Mm-hmm. Thinking that would be the end of it. Yeah. So I just said, oh, it's at the bottom of the bag. I just, you know. And he's like, well, I need to see your receipt. And I'm like, I'm not going to, like, go through. I'm not going to dig Paw everything out of yeah. the bag. It was at the bottom of the bag with the ba- with the softball bats and the telephone. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not 
that's not who I am. Sure. <laughs> I paid for these items. <laughs> I just spent $48 at not, a thrift store. Has he not been doing this to everybody else? Do you feel like you were being profiled? I, you mean because I'm white? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Because yeah. I'm bald? Yeah. Which, which is, which, which personal characteristic of mine might have led me to be yeah. profiled? He could tell what neighborhood I grew up in. Right. By the way, I carried myself. Mm-hmm. And the t-shirt that I had on that said, sucker free. Hmm. Um, I, I know, I think he might have been telling other people that. Okay. I mean, one thing about those guys, you know, when they ask you for your receipt, mm-hmm. you know, they can't do anything. They they can't keep you from leaving because your receipt because you don't show them your receipt unless they're actually accusing you of stealing something. Mm-hmm. Even if they're accusing you of stealing something, they almost can't do. There's basically nothing they can do because they're worried they would get sued. Sure. Like when I when I worked at I, I worked at a bookstore, uh, and when I worked at the bookstore, the policy for the store detective was to tell someone, "I saw you take that," and if they just ran, to let them go. Yeah. Like you didn't even chase them. That's important information. I know, There's right? Shoplifters out there. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and I think that's... we're very big in the shoplifting <laughs> yeah. community. Anywhere that has like a, a real like policy, that's their policy because the only thing that could happen is you hurt somebody, mm-hmm. you know, tackling them or something. Yeah. And there's no law that says if someone stole something from you, you can tackle them. <laughs> so uh, there's no law that says you can't. That's true. It's a gray area. <laughs> we're taking this one all the way to the Supreme Court. <laughs> So I was just so my car is like ten feet away. I I just said to the guy like, you know, I'm not going to get the receipt out. I just I just paid for it. You can ask the lady. And I'm like still walking, yeah. you know, to my car because I didn't want to fucking deal with it. So I get to my car like ten feet away. I open up the hatch of my car. I'm putting the stuff down, and this other security guard comes up to me, and he says, and he says like, why are you being disrespectful to our security guards? And I was like, actually, I was really, really nice. I just <laughs> didn't want to dig the receipt out. And he says, like, if you, if you, we don't see the receipt, we're forced to assume that you stole those items. And I'm like, well, they're in a bag that I got from you, and there's a lady right there you could check with. Yeah, wait, what other store has that policy? <laughs> but it's one, you know, it's this, I don't know, it's a type yeah. of, uh, elimination of our humanity that like that type of thing like I'm sorry sir it's co- company policy I'm not a human I can't talk to you like a regular person right. I have we, we have to assume that you stole them even though all logical signs point to <laughs> that you just bought this stuff right. and like I don't want here's the thing like at no point was <laughs> my opinion of the situation like fuck these guys it was just like God, I don't want to get my receipt out. I didn't steal anything. It'll be fine. Sure. Act like a regular person to me, please. <laughs> and so, and so even when this guy is like, is, was really being mean to me as I put this, I, I'm sitting, I'm like, is there any way I can get out of this without, cause even then it would have been a big fucking hassle for me to dig through the sure. bag and find the receipt. So, and I just said, I just went like that. Like I just closed my thing and I said, Sir, I didn't steal anything, and I hope you'll ask the lady inside that I bought the stuff from. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't. And so what, what he t- he had just said, you know, if you <clears throat> you know if if we are forced to assume that you stole items, you'll no longer be welcome in the store. Wow! And it's a big enough store that I can't imagine they would even recognize me or sure. anything. You know, like probably, probably a like lot I of ran out with a Polaroid and right. 
do not, yeah, do not sell this man. <laughs> do not sell this man tchotchkes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, weird. And yeah, there's probably a lot of turnover in the world of store security, retail security guarding. Oh, yeah, so specifically guys, thrift store security guarding. Yeah, and that's the weird part. It, why are the do thrift stores have a hard time with shoplifting? What a weird place to shoplift from. What is it that people are shoplifting from a thrift store? Well, maybe yeah. they're, they have security guards because there's actual cash. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's it. That's a that's a good point. Cash registers there. Sure. Do, do you think that the fact that I was holding those bags like a bank robber <laughs> yeah, led them to – do it you think it gate. was a mistake for me to draw dollar signs on the sides <laughs> yeah. of my bags? That might have been it. Yeah. yeah. I got banned from the Anacortis 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> like third grade, I think, for stealing a um, white chocolate Hershey bar, which is disgusting to me. I don't know why I stole that, but that's, that's the, like, by far the worst candy. Bar. Yeah. So, and then getting busted. Maybe that was kind of it. just an internal, like you know, maybe it was like a self hatred kind of thing. <laughs> like I'm gonna steal, but and it, it will in no way be pleasurable to I me. Will not be eating this. It's too moral. But anyways, I got caught and banned, and and um. Way beyond the logical period of time. I was like, sorry, guys, you're all going into that 7-Eleven. I can't. I'm banned. I got caught. <laughs> Lifetime like, banned. 12 years ago <laughs> for stealing a chocolate bar. I like the idea of you, like, 27. You just had a rehearsal. Seriously, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like I still feel really weird when I go in there just because, like, I'm banned from here. Wait, wait. Have, now, have they called you out on it since, or is no, this no, no, just never. a self-imposed? I don't think that that's a real thing, being banned from a place. That's what I'm. That it seems yeah. like that was your point, right? Well, I think. I mean, at the ultimately, I had spent fifty dollars there, mm-hmm. and if I came back and attempted to spend fifty dollars there again. Would they be like, mm, your money's no good here. <laughs> yeah. This charitable organization yeah. doesn't want your $50. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I just let it let I it am cool. a little scared to go there. Let it cool off. Give it like, how, what do you think, two weeks? I I go might say- Go to Mexico a- until the whole thing blows over. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. Go to your safe house. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Got a safe room. Right. <laughs> go in your panic room. Just Only eat, eat pork and beans. MREs. Yeah. Uh, Seriously, how long do you think I need to wait? I would before? give it a month. A month? Yeah. Thomas is shaking his head. Thomas, our intern who's running the board this week, he's shaking his head like you just said, you just said that you voted for, uh, oh, oh, shit. What's the guy that's always running for president? That people, <laughs> Ralph Nader? No, not Ralph Nader. Much worse than Ralph Nader. Um, LaRouche. Uh. Like you just said, you voted for Lyndon LaRouche. Mm-hmm. Wait, is the so you think the month? Uh, I can't, I can't see back there. I'm going to ask. Do you a question. think less is that than a month? Too long? Is too is a long. Month too long. He says, he says one week. Whoa. Either that or he says one, like he's the just, band Van Halen. The sig- <laughs> the symbol that he's giving me one for a week winger. is a little winger. Oh, yeah. maybe he just wants us to sing his favorite bare naked lady songs. <laughs> 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 All right, guys, we'll start with old apartment. I think maybe it'll just like. One day, I don't know how long it's been yet, but just be confrontational about it. Be, get up in there and be like, <laughs> "Do you make? I'll it? take that, and I'll take that, and I'll take that, and one of those, and just make like have a like it. have a have a have like a wormy assistant, have like a Smithers with you, <laughs> like carrying around a basket. Yeah, it's like one of those. Yeah, exactly. One of these. Excuse Ooh. me, I can't help but notice that you have quite a volume of used mattresses. <laughs> I'll take them all. <laughs> Show me to the yard, Rose. 
<laughs> Your drill figurines. Pardon me, sir. Might you have any bric-a-brac? <laughs> yeah. Opulence at the thrift store. Bless this mess. How delightful. <laughs> I'll take all 12. <laughs> um, I had a, a store embarrassment the other day. Really? <clears throat> I was uh, leaving the comic book store. Mm. And I turned around, and then I was embarrassed because I was there. Ah, <laughs> uh, the end. Uh, I turned around to just kind of look at something in the window, and I and I felt myself bump into someone, and I said, "Oh God, excuse me." And I turned around, and it was a life life size spider bed standing. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, "Excuse me" to Spider Man. Like that scene in Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise, when Point Dexter is talking to the cardboard stand-up alcohol bikini model. (laughs) We all know that film, right? Uh, I do. That's the one where Ogre decides to become a nerd, right? At the end, he puts on glasses. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, guys. (laughs) I know. You guys, can we please just talk about Star Trek 4? Yes. (laughs) That's the only movie I know. Okay. Uh, It's so funny. I I was recently on... Uh, former Jordan Jesse Go guest April Richardson has a podcast where she sits down with a comedian and they just watch an episode of Saved by the Bell and then you talk about it. It's a very fun podcast. Do you, uh, do you talk about it like director's commentary style? No, you wa- you you go to April's house and you watch it, uh, and then you you admire her uh, m- collection of Morrissey memorabilia. Uh huh. <laughs> you watch Saved by the Bell and then the podcast starts and then you kind of talk about it. She has a DVD set box set of Saved by the Bell. Yes. Um, and, uh, it, really funny, kind of one of the, you know, kind of Saved by the Bell has a tiered nerd system where there's Screech, who everyone hates, but tolerates, and then there's just this, like, group of lesser nerds that everyone just makes fun of. Uh, in that episode, one of them was actually named Poindexter, hmm. uh, which just seems like so, it's either a nod to Revenge of the Nerds or so unoriginal. Mm-hmm. Has that, is that an actual name? I don't know that to be an actual yeah, I name. I wondered that too. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. And I always thought... Revenge of the Nerds 2? Yeah. I, Specifically 2? Two? 2 is so good. It, I mean, they do have... They do strap strap out all that military equipment. Yeah. It has so many... Ama- they, you know, they go to Fort Lauderdale. They get <laughs> stranded on an island. Are they in a haunted hotel for a while? This yeah. is like eight movies. Not haunted. And no, exactly. That's why it's so good. They just cram <laughs> all the tropes in. But yeah, they stay at the Hotel Coral Essex. But mm-hmm. the signs burn out, so it says hot oral sex. And then <laughs> they funny. throw a huge party at the end. Spoiler alert. And <laughs> uh, do like a Beastie Boys-ish. Because I guess Beastie Boys like was yeah had just come out right then. Well, I mean, the first Revenge of the Nerds has kind of like an awkward rap, right? Yeah. At the end, they do the contest to yeah, yeah totally to win the the rap off. Yeah, the rap off. <laughs> Poindexter plays electric violin. Yeah. No, well, that's at the end of two. I that he plays <laughs> like I can't believe we're going so deep on this. Yeah. No, uh, technically, that's the end. Oh, uh, that's <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, can, I love that film. Can we get back to Juan Marichal? <laughs> <laughs> Have you never seen a Revenge of the Nerds movie? I think I've seen Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. But I mean, when I say I think I've seen it, I mean when I was eight years old. Yeah. yeah. There was this period in my life that I remember very vividly because my dad's ex-girlfriend gave him her old VCR. And that was the first time either of my parents mm-hmm. had had a VCR which was when I was, I think, about eight. Yeah. And that's when I started watching History of the World Part One over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a really emotional part of my life. Like yeah. it was something that I 
I think just for somebody that is three years younger than me or one uh, financial class higher than me, the idea of never having had recorded entertainment uh, would be foreign. Mm -hmm. But it transformational. Like I couldn't believe that you could go to a store and pick out something. Yeah. Bring it home and watch it. (laughs) That was – just shook me to my very core. All I knew was episodes of The Voyage of the Mimi on PBS. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just had to take what they gave you. Um so oh so uh so yeah, I uh I have watched the Revenge of the Nerds movies a lot because my sister loved them growing up as a kid, which is very strange because they're basically sex romps. Yeah. Like there's a lot of weird 80s nudity in Revenge of yeah, the Nerds. Totally. Uh to the point where I remember I would rent and watch with her the uh the direct to Fox Revenge yeah. of the Nerds sequels. Like 3, 4, 5 mm-hmm. and beyond. Nerds in Love. Yeah, when um Louis Skolnick is an adult and he's like, it comes back to. There's mad continuity in those too. Like, they really stick to a timeline. It's a universe. (laughs) Yeah, a Revenge of the Nerds averse. Yeah, exactly. And there's some rape in them. Yeah. There is? They're they're dark. No, I mean, there's this weird, like, yeah, in those kind of 80s sex romps, there's these things that would be so inappropriate now. The kind of a big, a big joke in the first Revenge of the Nerds is, uh, it's a Halloween party and one of the nerds dresses up like Darth Vader. To go to the Halloween oh, right, party yeah. and uh, masquerades as the big jock played by Ted McGinley of Married with Children uh, and has sex with his girlfriend and then reveals at the end, it was me the whole time, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, of course she loves it uh-huh. because, you know, I never knew a nerd could be as good as a jock. Right. At sex. But yes, very, very uncomfortable. Probably wouldn't fly now. Yeah. Two, I th- Maybe I'm whitewashing it, but I, in my mind, but uh, I remember it being less offensive, more just like magical art. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's I what. It in a little while. I think that's what it said in the Gene Shalit movie guide. Yeah, right. right. Magical, magical art. art. Sure. Magical Four art. stars. Two word review. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you misread that. It's magical fart. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, la, la. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Hey, sponsor on this week's program, Marin on IFC. Just about to premiere, just about to have their premiere episode. Yeah, Friday, uh, May 3rd at 10 p.m. on IFC. Uh, our buddy Mark Marin has a fictionalized version of his life. Um, you got him doing the podcast. You got him having a lot of cats. Hanging out with Dave Foley. <laughs> sure. Dave Foley uh, being sad about different stuff that's going on with Dave Foley, I'm sure. It's going to be a terrific show. They have great guest stars lined up Judd Hirsch Gina Gershon our Aubrey Plaza Adam Scott will all be in this series and uh, and Mark's in it so it's going to be hilarious I wonder how fictionalized it'll be I wonder if it will involve him coming over to my house for a barbecue staying the whole time but the whole time also kind of hanging out on the side and looking like he's trying to find an escape route. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty good episode. <laughs> oh, I like Mark Marin. Uh, Mark Marin's new show premieres on IFC Fridays, 10, 9 Central. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Phil Elverum, regular person. 
You can stick with one nickname, Phil. You don't need to change every time. Okay. And well, I, you're not fooling any, everyone. We all know that you're a rock star. <laughs> yeah. Regular person, my ass. <laughs> Jordan and I are sweating because we're heated up by your charisma. Oh, thank you. I, for, I apologize. I mentioned <laughs> on Twitter that, that you were coming in to record. Someone sent me an email and said they saw you perform while hung upside down by ropes attached to your ankles and the ropes went through pulleys that were held by members of the audience. Is That's that true? That's true. And earlier wow, you, you really? a, a joke about being, Yeah, and I realized I after like, I said sh- that. Should I tell him? Should I interrupt his flow to tell him that, like, that's, <laughs> that's real? <laughs> what? How, how does that happen? Uh, I we used to get it was so weird at shows. I used to really feel more compelled to, like, experiment with mm-hmm. the forum of, like, I don't have to just stand here and sing and play an instrument. Imagine the possibilities. So I used to do crazy shows. And, at, yeah, it was in Seattle. I, I had built, like, a fort, and I had a friend in a bear suit, and I did this whole kind of skit. <laughs> of course. Why wouldn't you? I, I had to go in and, like, fight the bear, and the bear came out. And then the audience... I for, there was a loose storyline, but yeah. basically I was like, audience, you like Revenge to, of the Nerds too, yeah, totally, Nerds exactly. in Paradise, or Jersey Boys, or Jersey Boys. But yeah, I, I, it was just one song, maybe two songs. I had uh, climbing ropes thrown over the the rafters. Wow! And the audience pulled me up. It was so painful, I so bet. hard to like sing loud and play a guitar upside down <laughs> with all the blood in your head. Just yeah, singing the blood in your head i think you should do a jukebox musical what is a jukebox musical you know like mamma mia sure it's a production based on the or stepping out Uh sure it's a production what's the queen one uh we are the champions we will rock you we will rock you okay um it's a musical based on the oeuvre of a popular musical artist but you could be the first one to be at the center of your own, own jukebox musical. And then play at casinos around the world. <laughs> I think yeah. you could combine, if you combine the discographies of uh, the microphones in Mount Erie, uh-huh. you've got the material. Sure. You've got timeless pop classics. Uh-huh. Sure, I've got those. Um, <laughs> and you just, all you have to do is cobble together, basically, here's my idea. Someone doesn't want people to rock. Mm-hmm. And you're like a revolutionary. <laughs> That's actually that is actually the plot of the Queen musical. <laughs> it's like a future where rock is banned. What if it's me that doesn't want people to rock? And like <laughs> oh, you're the, the villain yeah. in your own. Okay. Or, or like it's trying to posit the idea that rocking is actually not that good and bad. What if I'm like, that, everyone just chill. Oh, so it's we see your we see your like downfall. Is this like a cautionary tale? Yeah. Okay. I've overrocked. <laughs> no. What if it's just this story of a man who's really found a comfortable equilibrium? Mm. Yeah. Like a like a guy in a hammock. <laughs> You've just found the sweet spot. Yeah. The right way. The, I, I mean, sorry to sorry to shit on all these, but that's just basically Jimmy Buffett's rock musical. <laughs> God damn so, it. Titled A Guy in a Hammock. Yeah. God damn it. I know. I think we've got we've definitely got a South Park Simpsons did it thing on our hands. How here, about this? But... I got it I got an idea. Mm-hmm. There's a cabin or a fort. There's a bear inside. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> and the only way to defeat this bear uh-huh. is to get climbing rope tied to your ankles uh-huh. and you get winched uh-huh. up upside down and sing a song while you're upside down. You almost pass out because that's really hard to do. Yeah. Uh, 
a little bad news for you. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Simpsons already did that. That's how the Simpsons. Yeah. Season 29. When something momentous happens to you, our audience members, we ask that you call us and tell us about it at 206 984 for fun, 206-984-4-FUN, or JJGO at MaximumFun.org. A few of you have done so. Let's roll out the first call. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, guests, or whatever. Uh, this is Craig from The Res calling, and I have a moment of shame. I uh, am 30 years old, and I just got fired for the first time in my life. Woohoo! Fuck. Oh, buddy. Do you like how the call bleeped out? And it could have been he was calling that he just got fired for the 15th time in his life. Yeah, that, I think that changes how I feel about this guy. Uh, oh, hey, fun employment. <laughs> That's what everybody says when you get fired. I like the like the most shriveled, half-hearted yeah. attempt. Yeah. Um, let's see. Have you guys ever been fired from anything? No. Mm, well, I've been booed. Okay. That's like, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. like rock and roll fired. Yeah. I've gotten laid off a few times. Yeah. I don't think I've ever got fired, fired. Um, God, yeah, what's mine? Have I ever been? I must have. I know this is not interesting. <laughs> a guy thinking about the jobs he's had. <laughs> did you quit the cheese store? I did quit the cheese store. I think I was, I, uh, one of my, one of my first LA jobs was working at this cheese slicery and i was <laughs> so bad at it i might mainly what they hired me to do was work the uh coffee service area uh which i could do which i conceivably you know which i had worked at a coffee shop in college so i knew how to make lattes and stuff but occasionally i would have to do a cheese slicing or weighing or you know wine corking job and was just so bad at it i broke stuff while i was sweeping like you know i never showed up on time it was like the the most i've ever fucked anything up uh it's simple it's amazing when you fucks up a job like that the extent to which you can fuck up a job like that yeah Mm -hmm. because the standards are so low right yeah and because it's such a hassle to hire someone i mean i understand that now like as as a business owner like the process of hiring someone is such a fucking hassle yeah. that just it really doesn't take much to keep from getting fired because as a business owner you know if i fire this person i'm going to have to hire someone mm-hmm. i'm talking about my wife i i've been wanting you to sure. fire her you mean yeah. divorce <laughs> yes. if i fire you mean a wife divorce yeah. wife wife firing yeah. um yeah i was really bad at that and then i got a and then I got another PA job uh, uh, on TV, and then I was able to quit the job. But I think I had like two more shifts, and I said like, "Oh, hey, so th- I'm going to start my job this time, so I'm going to have to not be in here, but I-, I can still come in for those two shifts." And the boss was just like, "No, that's okay." And so I think I was on the cusp of being fired, or at least he was relieved to not have to actually do it himself. So you take some cheese on the way out. Oh yeah, shove, <laughs> shove, <laughs> stuffed my pockets full of Gruyere. <laughs> what is a fucked up cheese slicing? Like, what does that mean? It's not precise, you know, them wanting... Squiggly lines. Yeah, squiggly <laughs> lines, not, yeah, not wrapped properly. Uh-huh. This place was, like, I think, you know, kind of on the on the low end of actually classy. Right. So they just wanted everything to be pristine and, you know, like, wrapping things and tying knots and yeah, yeah. tying bows onto things. It's just not something I'm good at, uh-huh. so... 
I was a bad fit for that. I can make a latte, though. You want a latte, I will heat up milk. Yeah, that sounds good, actually. Thanks. Okay, cool. Yeah. Jesse, you want anything? Uh, yeah, can I get an Italian soda? <laughs> sure. With cream? Okay. What kind of Italian sodas do you have? Cream. <laughs> I'm going to pour... Cream-flavored Italian soda? <laughs> I am going to pour half and half into a cup of sparkling water. <laughs> And I'll take it. Sure. That's pretty much what an egg cream is, right? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Let's take a next call. Hey, Jordan, Jessica. This is Chris from Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, just had a pretty interesting moment driving to work, and I saw a pine cone naturally fall from a tree. <clears throat> I realized once I saw it that even though I've grown up all my life around these pine trees, I've never seen one just simply fall. So I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> when, uh, Holy shit, when you I, guys. I was in... Uh, that's the best call. That's the best call that's ever happened to me. Yeah. When I was in uh, Mexico for my friend's destination wedding, I saw a coconut fall off a tree Whoa. and thought it was pretty impressive, but I'm like, oh, if I was a few feet over, I could have died. Like, that would have fucking killed me. you just me. camped out, just staring at the tree. Just I was trying willing it to yeah. fall. <laughs> it's got to happen sometime. Yeah. Uh, now I'm just kind of cruising. You know, cruising by the beach. You weren't trying to exercise your Matilda powers? <laughs> yeah, my my carry powers. <laughs> My teen girl, you know my teen girl it's telepathy. Fu- it's funny you should mention that. The last time I was in Hawaii mm-hmm. for a vacation, I saw a bunch of pig pig's blood fall out of a tree. Oh, nice! And you were standing under it in your prom dress. Yeah, John Travolta was weirdly there. <laughs> you forget that about that movie. We've got one more momentous occasion. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and Gus. My name is Shay, and I'm calling it a momentous occasion. I just woke up from donating bone marrow to help a little kid survive leukemia. Uh, this was closely followed by my moment of shame last week of getting fired from my job. Have a nice day. Wow. Is this the same guy? This is, no, it's not the same guy. Okay. Different guy. Okay. Great. Well, maybe... There's a lot of employment problems in America right now, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, right. I know you live More in... than one person got fired? I know you live in Hollyweird. I know I live... Yeah, I live in the ultra-stable world of, uh, <laughs> of comedy writing. Uh, the tenured world of, uh, of comedy writing. Uh, wow. Yeah. Um, well, maybe the other guy I would got have fired. Re- I would have a really hard time doing that. Don't any bone marrow? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm really afraid of, I've never had surgery before and I'm really afraid of it. Yeah. That like incapacitates you, right? Like you're laid up for a long time. I imagine they got to drill all the way in mm-hmm. to the middle. Yeah. Of the bone. Yeah. To get the marrow. <laughs> the sweet marrow. Well, that was nice of him. <laughs> yeah, that was very nice of him. Yeah, I wonder if he was doing it for a specific person or just because he's a great guy. Well, it sounded like it was a local child in need. Oh, that's right. Got you, fired and then decided. You know, if I was to a, go deeper, if yeah. I was a child with leukemia, you know what I'd do? Go to door to door. Yeah. Hey, just get a guy with a bone marrow tester. Yeah. Whatever it is, got to have the same blood type or something. Mm-hmm. Just go door to door. What is? What are you going to say? To a kid with leukemia directly to their face. Yeah. But, you know, the doctor is following you in a van uh-huh. with all the equipment. You got all the stuff right here. Like, or maybe just just go door to door and, like, say, compliment people on their bone marrow. Just some really sweet bone marrow you have there. Yeah. Just use, that is, as a, use that as kind of a natural segue into the conversation. Broken. Yeah. Funny, funny that bone marrow should come up. My <laughs> bone marrow is broken. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, broken. <laughs> 
<laughs> you want to sell this, right? You really want to. Hello. <laughs> My name's Billy. I just so happen to have an operational operating room right in that van. Van. <laughs> you want to step in there? In that minivan. And then do you guys want to play stickball? <laughs> yeah. You guys want you guys want to play Wadlord? <laughs> behind the behind the old gym? <laughs> I've got a beard. <laughs> I got a beard and a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> Whoops, tipped my hand. We'll I'm back. no good at Wadlord. <laughs> That's how I got in such time. But enough what about me? Me to work of my one. <laughs> so cute with the speech impediment. <laughs> now I go from thrift store to thrift store. <laughs> Shoplifting children's clothes. <laughs> but enough about me. <laughs> Let's talk about your bone marrow. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Phil Elfram, Blizzard of Negativity. Phil, it's been a delight to have you on the program. Yeah, thank you thanks, very much man. for having we me. We don't get much rock and roll royalty in here. Well, I, that's a stretch. We just get old Chris Fairbanks. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Eesh. We had Steve Vai that one time. Oh, we did have Steve Vai. And, and Joe Beck. Satriani. We yeah. had Steve Vai and Joe We've Satriani. Had, yeah, we yeah. have uh, <laughs> all the guitar heroes of the 70s. <laughs> sure. Todd Rundgren was here that one time. Rundgren Buckethead was great. Buckethead was amazing. Ingve Malmsteen was here. Sure. So yeah, this is kind of par for the course yeah. for us. So standard. Yeah, show. this is. Anyway, we've come to the part of our <laughs> part of the show where we ask our guests to shred. Uh huh. To rip some sweet licks. Yeah. Uh-huh. You'll you'll notice the flying V behind you. Uh-huh. So I think people are going to want to check out. Uh, some of your beautiful Mount Deary music based on your appearance on this program, right? That's possible. I think they should. I think it's very beautiful music. It is, absolutely. Critically, Thank you. Critically acclaimed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to go on pitchfork.com and find out who's got the 10 scores out of 11 or whatever the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it's this guy right here. Yeah. Mount Deary. Still. This guy's got uh, all the points. I got all the scores. Yeah. <laughs> all scores. <laughs> this guy makes beautiful music. Sure. I've heard it. What do you want? It's beautiful tunes. Hey, <laughs> type it in. You like you like it's haunting? <laughs> Come on, you like it haunting, right? It's beautiful melody. <laughs> yeah, that's elegant. And it's a washing feedback. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We've had a lot of a lot of big characters on this show. A lot of uh, uh, vaudevillian characters. <laughs> that was Pitchfork Dangerfield. Hey. <laughs> 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 the late the late Weezer albums, they get no respect. <laughs> These guys just want to hear Pinkerton over here. <laughs> I don't really get rap music, but I'm going to tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's in all sincerity, you uh, if folks should really check out Phil's music because it really is beautiful. Um, uh, Mount Erie and the microphones. You can go to Phil's website. To purchase it, and he will have to go to the post office to mail <laughs> yeah. it to you. Yeah, straight uh, up. What's what's the URL of the website, Phil? Get a pencil. Yeah. It's P W Elvrum and Son. E L V E R U M. That's S U N, right? A N D S U N. Yeah. 
So it's That's my label. It's completely thing. baffling. It's just type, Just Google Phil. <laughs> Google Mount Erie. That, I think it Mount Erie will will, will get you that. Yeah, and uh, and uh, hey, support this guy. This guy. <laughs> I, yeah. My friend Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs tells me she says, "Hey, I know this indie rock guy. He's kind of a big deal. He's into Jordan Jesse Go." Wow. So I send him a Twitter. I say, well, first of all, I say, Carolyn Pennypacker, is he a fucking weirdo? Yeah. She says, no. She's, he's, he's, you know, cause you know, he's, yeah, yeah. somebody might can't be, be too careful. Yeah. But Buckethead was really weird. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> the chicken smell. <laughs> yeah. The... <laughs> You'd think after all these years, that smell would be gone. <laughs> you think you'd have washed it enough times, yeah. you know, put it through the washing That's machine. a fresh bucket each day. Um, but, uh, you know, I send this guy a Twitter. I say, hey, Phil, you know, like, I kind of see you're kind of a big deal. You want to come stop by sometime? And I was like, I'm on my way. Yeah, it was wonderful. He's like, yes. I, I love your guys' show. Well, and, thank you. And nice to thank you very much, Phil. I think I listened to all of the Maximum Fun shows. Maybe I'm, maybe you've added ones recently. I saw you throw, I saw you throw, you threw in a little shout out to Throwing Shade. Totally. Love those guys. So they're fucking hilarious. Brother, my sure. brother and me also. The Mabim Bams? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on. High credibility operation. Sure. Yeah. We're, we're complimenting each other's mutual appreciation. Yeah. We're get we're getting a little indie rock credibility from sure. Phil. He's getting a little shut-in credibility from <laughs> us. Sure. We're all going to show each other our subtle dicks. <laughs> Our theme is Love You by the Free Design, courtesy of the Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Um, uh, Thomas Matisic on the boards this week, Sonny D on the edit. Join us on the forums at forum.maximumfun.org, on Twitter, at Jesse Thorne and at Jordan underscore Morris and the hashtag JJGo, and on Facebook. We've yeah. a lot of good stuff on Facebook lately. We're all over Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Why not? I mean, you already like us in real life, am sure. I right? Just make it official. Let's make it official. <laughs> Let the world Put a know. ring on it. And thanks to everyone who donated in the Max Fund Drive. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jessica. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.